Do you hear? Hmm? Texas is open for business. <laughs> you don't need to cover your face. Show me that smile again. <laughs> Greg Hammond that says smile. that it's he says that it's safe that the disease has been conquered, even though forty thousand Texans have died. <laughs> but it's okay. Show me that smile again. <laughs> Show me that smile. I can't. Fu- I can't fucking wait. Get down to Cracker Barrel with my face <laughs> out. Yeah, very. Yeah, seriously. How have people been eating those candy canes all this time in Cracker Barrel if they've got masks know. on? I don't know. I don't know how I'm supposed to get my flapjacks in there. And I don't know how everybody's supposed to see the big smile I do when I solve that little triangle puzzle. <laughs> but now that's not an issue anymore because my boy Greg Abbott said it is safe. It is safe. Don't be a don't be a fucking baby about it. Get <laughs> out there. Get out there. Big party at those rocking chairs. Get out there, show me that smile again. Party at the Cracker Barrel. We lifted our stay-at-home order, too. Uh, but I, I kept my own stay-at-home order that I've had in place for a decade. <laughs> <laughs> so that, that house-wide stay-at-home order has not been lifted. Yeah. My name is Justin McElroy, and I know the best game of Hyrule. My name is Griffin McElroy, and listen to us to us talk about Zelda. Uh, my name is Christopher Thomas Plant, and I know about some Zelda games, but probably not as many as the rest of you. My <laughs> name is Russ Brushing, and I know the best game of the week. Hello, and welcome to the Besties, where we talk about the latest and greatest in home interactive entertainment it's a video game club Mm. and you're if you're listening right now you're a member and today's club business one dues time to pay up (laughs) (laughs) okay everybody we'll pass the bucket around and good we got dues taken care of now we are going to announce the old minutes uh i missed last week's show so let's skip that it probably wasn't important but how much do you guys kind of wish that elise could just take my place because she's much funnier and smarter than me. Um, certainly, certainly, I think we picked a great episode for Elise to sub in on because <laughs> I, I believe that your opinions about Super Mario 3D World would have gotten us, uh, would have gotten us, I guess, double canceled. Can I hop in here real quick? Yeah. Bowser's Fury is cool as hell. Okay. Didn't get to say that last time. And I didn't want the many hours I spent playing that game. Um, which is half bad. <laughs> uh, you know, it ain't half bad, but it is half bad because right. the th- 3D. The other half not is good. not bad. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Uh, well, today we're gonna be ta- we're going to embark on a legendary quest, uh, where we are going to uh pick the best Zelda game. And I hear what you're saying. What if I don't agree with you guys that what you pick is the best Zelda game? That doesn't matter. This is legally binding, folks. Mm-hmm. It's it's yeah. legally binding, and you have to stick with it. What we say goes, and we're going to settle it once and for all. And we're going to delete the other ones. So to delete the other ones, there's only going to be this one. Shigeru Miyamoto said we could delete <laughs> one Zelda. <game. laughs> we're also going to pick us, one to delete. So that's he gave be us huge. the source code for all the Zelda games, and he said he said you know what you have to do. And we said, we don't, we actually don't. <laughs> and he just kind of, he kind of smiled in the way he does, you know. Yeah, you know, the smile. How he does it. Um, um, do you want me to explain the uh, setup real quick? 
like how we yes, decided please. what's going up against what. Yeah, I will say, if, uh, you know, Elise ha- appeared on the show last week, and I feel like left ripples of chaos that Shit. have gone on to inform <laughs> these 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 episodes that we are currently doing. Well, Justin had this idea a few weeks ago to do the best Zelda game of all time series, but Elise made the valid point that like it's kind of boring if it's just like, well, Ocarina versus whatever at the end because it's like who cares so instead randomized brackets so that who fucking knows what the matchups are going to be in round one and we got some spicy matchups in round one so we're gonna have to make some tough decisions so rule number one randomized brackets already covered that rule number two no spinoffs like that target practice game or the like mozu whatever franchise they don't count um, remakes are bundled together. So like the recent Switch remake of Link's Awakening bundled together with the original. Similar games like Four Swords and Four Swords Adventures bundled together. Uh, ditto for uh, Oracle of Ages Seasons. Ba- basically all that is just so we can have an easy, even 16. And no un- like no intentionally including terrible games like Wand of Gamelon or, oh, actually, never mind. I see Phantom Hourglass is on here. Oh, boy. Gonna get good. Uh, yeah, this is gonna get very good. Justin, you want to start it off? Yeah, baby. Wow. Wow. This is a confrontational opener. I actually don't think it is, but I'm I don't curious think either. to know. Well, it's just very, too very divisive. It's Zelda 2 versus Majora's Mask, sure. which if I had to pick the two most divisive games in the Zelda canon, I would probably pick these two. Not saying what, what one's worse or best, but I'm saying in terms of like, I've heard more conversations about Majora's Mask between people saying it is the worst and people saying it is the best. I've never is, heard anyone say- highly divisive. I've never heard anyone say Majora's Mask is the worst. I have heard people say here they quick. don't like playing <laughs> it. Yeah, let me slide up in here. <laughs> I th- I did I did not care for Majora's Mask when it first came out, uh, but then replaying the 3DS remake, which was exceptionally good. What, what Grez, Grezzo was that the company that made yeah. the remade the N64 games on 3DS? Both of those were exceptional, and I thought uh, Majora's Mask on 3DS like kind of made me appreciate. If you were coming into Majora's Mask as we all were, as this this is going to be the sequel to Ocarina of Time, then it was. That's why people responded to it the way that we did. Um, but yeah. I think as its own sort of idea, it's it's pretty radical. And just for people that are not familiar with Majora's Mask. So Majora's Mask came out, as Griffin said, right after Ocarina of Time. And the big hook with this game was that every three days, the world ends because the moon smashes into it. And right. it's a Groundhog Day situation where you're reliving these three days over and over again. And you begin to learn patterns and uh, get new abilities that can help you go further in these three days to eventually save the world. So, And you have a journal that you keep track of where, you know, all the side quests yeah. and where everybody is at any given time. So, you know, like where to where to where to be. It's a really clever way of handling it. But very uh, it always gave me a ton of anxiety because it's like, oh, every single second counts. And yes. Yeah, it's uh, it was always very intense for me personally. Yeah, Justin, I think did it's you say confrontation. You it? it is. I don't hate it. It's just I I get it. It's just not my. I feel like it's contrary to this. I have actually gone back and like made a run at it, and like, uh, I guess probably in the same time frame that Griffin did. It's been a while. Um, I get. I like what it does. I think it's interesting what it does. I just for me that that spirit of exploration is so endemic to what I love about the franchise and like having that back of my mind pressure, like, well, you better hurry up. It's yeah. gonna, not gonna, you know, 
Uh, I just find that low level of stress unpleasant. Um, do you remember Juice when Zelda 2 came out? You would have been, what, six when it came per, out? 100% <laughs> remember exactly, exactly how I received it. How about this? I was Griffin, I was in the dining room of our kitchen, and it was uh, Easter, uh, uh, and I received a package for Easter. It was a gift for Easter. Link is opened, back, much li- very appropriate for Easter. Yeah, he okay. Returns. Yeah, good. Uh, it was uh, it was a package. I opened well, it up. I and worry, those actually, are- we got to take a break here. Russ, I worry you have some fundamental misunderstandings <laughs> about Easter and the entire sort of yeah. Christ do you, do you, you may not know about the whole bit. Um, so okay, so I open the package and I find a pair of pants. And I'm like, oh my god, I got pants for Easter. Bummer. But then inside <laughs> the pair of pants, my parents had wrapped a copy of the Legend of Zelda two. <laughs> And I was beyond thrilled. The adventure of Link was right there in my hands. I would have been, yeah, six years old. Uh, cool and ass then, box. Wait, 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 wait. Cool box with cool a silver box. sword on it? Radical. And then you cool put it box. in the NES and you realized you got the pants of video games. And then it's the <laughs> pants of video games. I don't think, uh, name for me a bigger drop in quality from a debut to a sequel. And I don't, I don't think I can come up with one. In games, yeah, yeah, that's yeah, tough. Maybe I mean, not, yeah, it's easy to picture why Zelda Two happened. You know, going to that kind of two D side scroller platformy stuff. Mario is this huge hit. Everybody loves Mario, and you're like, I don't know. Maybe we need to make Zelda more Mario, and then you actually make it, and you're like, we've done grievous error. It seems very informed by like the popularity of JRPGs, the like top down like exploring world a world you yeah like- except then it jumps to side-scrolling platformer uh, action rpg stuff i i almost i i should know this but like is this a like super mario 2 doki doki panic situation no. where like this no. was something else and then no. they were like oh let's- no this was not this was made internally a, a good question and 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 to Jeez. be fair the core idea isn't terrible because people would make act razor eventually and act razor is good and ActRaiser yeah. kind of borrows from some of the same stuff. Yeah, it's it, they're definitely experimenting and they're trying to move things forward for sure. It just uh, everything about it it looks worse. Yeah. Than it than the predecessor. Like it looks be- Zelda looks better. Yeah. Like yeah. this look it looks worse. It's uncanny. Yeah, um, it is. I will say this to like uh, levy some praise at it. It is, it does like create this very interesting like sword fighting mechanic that actually makes fights like a little True. more interesting and fun because you're like ducking and blocking, which is stuff that you really never did in the first Zelda game. It was just like, I'm going to shoot my sword at people. Um, so it does make it like a little more tactic, uh, tactically and tactically interesting, but it never really feels great. We no. we can't spend this much time on what we know is an open okay. and shut case yeah. for yeah. Majora's yeah. Mask. Probably true. Uh, Just want to set up that one, but uh, yeah, I think we got to let Zelda two go here. Yeah. It's a bizarre thing. Yeah. Um, hey, first speaking, magic meter. Yeah, that's true. Speaking of uh, uneven matchups, we got oh, yeah, Ocarina of Time. One. <laughs> Ocarina of Time versus Oracle of Ages slash Seasons. Oracle of Ages so, slash uh, Seasons. We don't even have to talk about it. Ocarina of Time. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. Uh, it um, should. I think Oracle of Ages Seasons is a uh, a pair of games that time is a little bit forgotten. 
Um, I think when they came out, uh, everyone was very obviously psyched to get two Zelda games on the same day. Um, and they're great in the style of like Link's Awakening. <sighs> they're great top-down games uh, that had some like interesting connectivity uh, functionality and stuff like that. I really, I haven't played, I haven't replayed these games in probably 10 years, um, but I remember it's them being like very good. Also made by Capcom. True. Um, my problem with these games is like the critical path of them, like for as much as that can exist for a Zelda game is Garbo. Uh, like I love Zelda games and I have beaten, I think every other Zelda game mm. except for these two because it is, it is, uh, it's just not, an enjoyable experience. And I think maybe, I, I think they bit off much more than they could chew. Uh, you compare it to Link's Awakening, and Link's, Link's Awakening, you know, it takes place on this island, and there is, it's not impossible to kind of figure out where you're supposed to go next just sure. based on the tools that you have and where you're able to get to on this island. And when you add these layers of uh, Oracle of Ages had a time travel mechanic where there was like a future world and a past world and Oracle of Seasons allowed you to change between the four seasons at any point, which like opened up new mm -hmm. routes and stuff like that. It was just too much for the world design critical path design team uh, on these games to handle because it's just it it while you are playing these games you never feel quite certain of where you're supposed to go next there's also a lot of returning to like a central hub sure. zone like there's this underground city that you're slowly kind of rebuilding i think in seasons and like that's not particularly fun um i think i think they are rad games and rad ideas and i love the game boy color kind of era but it, it yeah i never finished them because they are they're not that easy to kind of traverse for ages and seasons two, the development of them was actually more ambitious than what came out they were going to make three games and the idea was that you could huh. play any of them in any order you wanted and like they would focus on the different strengths of zelda so like one would be more adventure one would be more actiony um power and wisdom then, and whatever the third triforce maybe thing is. sure and and then they were like yeah this is not possible we have to we have to cancel one we have to streamline mm. the other two um, and that it works at all, I think, is like kind of a miracle. I do want to make my defense against Ocarina of Time, just because I want I want to lay can't, it out. Can't fucking wait to hear that. And, and, and it should be out. noted, we will also have opportunities to dunk on Ocarina of Time later on. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, go ahead. Plant. I, I I will say this uh, in the defense of Ocarina of Ages and Seasons. Ocarina of Time is, I think, one of the most important video games ever made. As in, it like set up 3D world open world quest building it set up like locking on to enemies in 3d spaces it mm -hmm. created like a language very well but unlike super mario 64 i don't think it's like a timeless game i don't think it's pleasurable to go back and play that game compared to literally any of the 2d zelda games um and mm -hmm. some of the later some maybe of the later 3d stuff i think what we what we saw with like Link to the Past isn't a culmination of Zelda. It's a culmination of like 2D games. I think Link to the Past is a brilliant yeah. game because it is like all 2D video game design for 40 years have been building up to that. 40? Probably 30, I guess. No, Jesus. No, what would not it be? 40. Yeah, and the same. It, it came out Link in the 90s. Came out in like Space 80, War. 70, 60, so 30. 94, okay. I guess 25. 
I'm trying to think of like when 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 is when is tennis for two? Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, um, let's get Ralph Bayer on the show. Right. The fifth bestie, Ralph Bayer. I I think I think the thing about Ocarina of Time is it is more of a starting point than an ending point. And I think we'll talk yeah. about this when we talk about Breath of the Wild. That like I think we uh, we have a little bit too f- much fondness for Ocarina of Time respect for it because of its technical achievements and not because of its actual like pleasure as a video game. I completely agree with that statement. I, I think wow. it will still win this uh, uh, category, but I completely yes. agree with Chris this Plant. Is, I, 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 yes. I do want to just dissent here and say that it's a fucking masterpiece, and I have it's probably the game I have beaten more than any other video game. Me and my my uh, old old buddy Clint. Uh, used to like casually speed run it until we got it down to like a neat four no. hour. Like I think it's a brilliant, extremely fun game that is very good. And yeah, you can be- say you can, I, I, you can't understate what it did for 3D games because we're ignoring that. Like there were plenty of name like a PlayStation game that was 3D that like. Oh no, I, I I agree. Medieval technical. What medieval? No. Oh my gosh. No, anyway, <laughs> I I, I want to agree with Griffin. I think Griffin is spot on. Ocarina of Time is the win back of Zelda games. I think we can all agree yeah, on that. You'd stop it. Okay. We'll, we'll, we'll come back <laughs> we to will Ocarina come back, of Time, yes. I guess. Uh, I did not think that it was going to be uh, I love it. D- dunked on so thoroughly, but um, um, we, this one will be, be, speaking of Capcom, didn't they make both of these? Who made, I don't remember who, it's Four Swords slash Four Swords Adventures versus the Minish Cap, which was Capcom, the Game Boy Advance Capcom uh, game. And that one, I think, is way better than oracle the the oracle um uh twin games big time um yeah uh, let's set these games up so four swords and four swords adventures four swords originally came out on gamecube i want to say no so four swords was a pack-in game right with uh link to the past when it came out on game boy advance right. which like hey that's a good fucking little bundle there is you got game boy you got uh the link to the past remake and then also, like, if you link cabled up with your buds, if you had one of those weird <laughs> fucked up octopus link cables, uh, you could play Four Swords together. But Four Swords Adventures was a GameCube game kind of in the style of Crystal Chronicles yeah. where you played it with your Game Boy Advance so that you had access to your own UI on your Game Boy Advance screen. But also you could go inside of caves or in a door or something and you would come out on your screen on your Game Boy Advance. It was, I, I played this game maybe twice and it was incredibly good. I also think Four Swords Adventures came with the Zelda Master Bundle, which had Ocarina of Time, Master Quest, and I think Majora's Mask yeah. on it. I could be misremembering that, uh, which again is another good ass bundle. Did, so did, I, I think that Four Swords and Four Swords Adventures is the cooler game just because it worked really well and was genuinely fun, but also impossible to to, to find a group of yeah. people to play it with together. Uh, Minish Cap has some of the best art, I think, of any Zelda game. I love, love, love the art of Minish Cap. And for people who can't conjure it in their brain, it's kind of the cell shady toon link of yep. Wind Waker, but run through the, like, top end Game Boy Advance uh like color palette and design. I think this is one of the final Game Boy Advance games. Is that right? Yeah, it was very, it was. very late in the cycle. So yeah. it's like they've yeah. they've really nailed down how to make the most of the system. Also you could shrink. So like there's a lot of like fun visuals with like larger than life bits of nature in Link. It is And I want to say giant gorgeous. like giant versions of familiar enemies that like became may- way more dangerous when you shrunk down. Like yeah. was there like um, a giant Octorok or something? 
It is funny that these two games are up against each other because they they are part of sort of the same trilogy, essentially. They are part of mm. the the four sword story um, because Minish Cap has the same, I think, Vosh. Do you ever oh, get the name gosh. of the antagonist? Are, we, the same... are we dipping into the canon of Zelda, which makes perfect <laughs> well, sense? Well, no, I mean, it's, it's it, you talk about the visuals of Minish Cap, and it's very similar yeah. to the visuals of Four Swords Adventures, because yeah. it's it's sort of the same. It's I think a different team made it, um, but it's, I mean, they, they look kind of similar. Yeah. Uh, this, was a weir- this was a weird era. This was like a strange era, a forgotten era, and I think it's partially because, like, at that point, late, we're talking late Game Boy Advance and also late GameCube, so mm-hmm. it's like, who was still <laughs> like, it's, all about this? It's cool digging this up too because i right now koi tecmo is you know doing so much nintendo stuff we i think we talked about this on the last episode and that seems unprecedented but i you know looking back and actually yeah there's there is plenty of history here that like the idea of capcom i mean just straight up making lead zelda games seems unimaginable now um yeah but here they were doing it and they made good stuff like these are good games I think with Minish Cap in particular, it is uh, in the way that Oracle Stages and Seasons kind of bit off more than they could chew. This felt like, okay, we're going to unify the team. We're going to bring everything that like a normal core Zelda game would have into a single project. And because of that, like the whole thing feels way more holistic and and thought out. Um, yeah. And the flow feels really good. Um, I, I love Minish <laughs> Cap. I think the logistics of playing Four Swords Adventures, even though conceptually it's a very cool idea makes it very tough because like yeah no one fucking has link cables like i, I release would release that I, shit online i'll play it in a heartbeat yes absolutely well here's the thing though i feel like that is never going to happen because triforce heroes was such a disaster that was i feel like triforce heroes was sort of the spiritual successor to four swords adventures triforce heroes if you don't remember it and i do not blame you was <laughs> the 3ds multiplayer zelda game that was supposed to be like kind of RPGE where like you went through and tried to collect these treasures and got a stronger link of a different color with different like tools that got stronger but like it wasn't great was Um, was it the Zelda game that came out before Breath of the Wild I think it may have that would be wild yeah it came out in 2015 (laughs) and I don't think we had anything else until until 2017 well link between oh yeah no that's right yeah that makes sense that's Uh, that's wild um Oh, where are we I mean, at between these? I, th- two? I think Minish Cap here. All right, and then we can set up. I I really want to hear Justin's opinion on the next one because it's a real doozy. Did you have any thoughts on this one, Juice? On this matchup? Uh, no, I did, couldn't even fucking remember what Minish Cap was. <laughs> yeah, what am I going to go on YouTube and watch Minish Cap? I've got two kids. I'm not doing that. <laughs> I think. I think. It's, think? I, I trust think your guys' judgment. I, I think Four Swords and Four Swords Adventures is novel and was really really fun at the time, but I think Minish Cap gets it just because it is like the best not Nintendo Zelda game. Like it is. Yeah. It is kind of incredible how good a game it is when it doesn't have that like you know that Nintendo quality stink on yeah. it. Yeah. Now, for for the Minish Cap gets it. For the next category, I want you to picture um, someone like a, a Mike Tyson in the boxing ring, and then <laughs> having me step into the boxing Russ ring and sort also of there. picture <laughs> how that might play out. <laughs> and they're like, and and he's all bent over, and they're like, "Have you had any vitamin C for months, <laughs> Russ?" And you're like, "No, I've got I've got super scurvy." They call it. <laughs> um. Oh, I mean, God. the only fair matchup would have been Phantom Hourglass versus Spirit Tracks, and then all of us could have just like kind of gone to sleep a little <laughs> bit in the middle of it or used the restroom and come back and say it doesn't really matter. But we do have Phantom Hourglass versus Link's Awakening plus remakes. 
Okay, um, I'm going to talk about Phantom Valor. That's a that's very fucking sneaky, by the way. What? Like, yeah. Just sneaking in, like, and that awesome switch we made that came out. I mean, we one. had to round I mean, out the 16. It needed to be an yeah, exact I don't, I don't think we even need to talk about Link's Awakening too much, because we're going to talk about it a yeah. lot more. So let's just inform yeah. people on what Phantom Hourglass is. Okay, so Phantom Hourglass came out <sighs> on the Nintendo DS, right? Correct. <laughs> If you look at gameplay, if you forgot this game and you look at gameplay of it, you will not believe that that's actually what it is. It's like a lot of stylus integration into the Zelda game. Exclusively stylus integration. And that really... With the stylus. That really was the biggest downfall of Phantom Phantom Hourglass. I actually think it has some pretty interesting puzzles and dungeon mechanics and stuff like that that is entirely failed by the fact that the only way to attack enemies is to swipe your stylus across the screen like a maniac. There is no upside. You could have stripped all that stuff from the game and it would have been a pretty okay Zelda game, but they were so dead set in the way that like Nintendo gets like, well, it's a Wii game, so it needs to have the Wii stuff. That's how it was on the DS. Hey, we have this stylus pad. You're gonna have to use it a lot and, and it just totally kills my enthusiasm it's so wild do you guys remember uh metroid prime hunters yeah it was like terrible. the ds metroid yeah, yeah, game yeah, that yeah. was the, sort of the same thing and they released like a special peripheral which was a thumb it was like a thumbtack thing or, or, or a little thing that you slipped over your thumb and yes. it was like a little tiny stylus on your thumb because you had to use that as the basically the right an- the screen as right analog stick it was fucking horrible and i feel like they just tried to do the ds was such a great handheld it was such a great system and the only company that seemed to not be able to figure out how to fucking use it was nintendo because they kept like putting up brick after brick i mean it just felt like they were so like internally they were like, well, every feature needs to be used. If we're going to be a first party Nintendo game, we need to use every little bell and whistle. So you're going to blow into that mic. You're going to use your stylus and you're going to go ham on it because otherwise into the mic. What's the, but even, but, and that was terrible. And it was also not the worst thing about Phantom Hourglass. The worst thing about Phantom Hourglass is the structure of the game was terrible. You would go into a dungeon, which weren't memorable or particularly fun. And every time you finish one, you had to come back to this central, castle location that you had to sneak through Mm. it was a big stealth mission essentially over and over and over and over again it was mind-numbing and and terrible every time you came back to the castle i think you had to replay the floors you had already done to get to like the new area it was egregious padding and yeah it was it was i can't believe it hey y'all talking about it i think link's awakening one i think that brings us to halftime this episode of The Best These is sponsored by Aura Frames. All right, so you know there are a number of people in your life that are not necessarily the most technologically savvy. I'm sure immediately names jump to your mind. Those are the sorts of people that you would say, oh, maybe they would want a digital picture room in their house, but they wouldn't necessarily be able to like set it up and get it working and add new pictures and stuff like that. That is where Aura Frames comes in. It's a digital picture frame that allows you to basically upload any photos that you have directly to the frame. You don't need them to do any work. In fact, you could even set it all up before they even open the box. You have the account set up. You just have to connect it to their Wi-Fi. And once that's done, 
everything happens over the internet. So you can add new photos, you can do whatever you want, and it all works completely smoothly. I set it up for my grandmother, who's 95 years old. I set it up for my mom, who's 70 years old. And they both love their aura frames and they love seeing the pictures and new photos of the family all being added without them having to do anything. So I'd highly recommend it. I'm really, really happy with it. And right now, you can save on the perfect gift that keeps on giving by visiting AuraFrames.com. For a limited time, listeners can get $20 off their best-selling frame with code BESTIES. That's A-U-R-A frames.com, promo code BESTIES. Terms and conditions apply. You go get a phone, you just want a phone, talk to your friends and family, you're not asking so much. Then you get these contracts and you get ripped off because you got all this fine print little details and all of a sudden they're sucking money out of your pocket like some sort of digital leech. You know, the contract may sound good uh, up front, but there's always some sort of catch. You know who's not going to do that to you? Not going to pull that nonsense? Mint Mobile. Their wireless plans, there is no catch. $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they cut out the cost of retail stores and pass those savings directly on to you you want to pay hundreds of dollars for like literal hundreds of dollars for your wireless plan or you want to have a nice easy solution save some put the bucks back in your pocket pay 15 bucks a month say bye to your overpriced wireless plans jaw-dropping monthly bills the unexpected overages sound familiar to get this new customer offer and get your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash besties. That's mintmobile.com slash besties. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash besties. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Y'all, you already know how much I love our sponsor of the week, Rocket Money. They make it so easy to get your personal finances on track, and especially stop worrying about all these subscriptions that you have that you don't necessarily need. Keep the ones you want, get rid of the rest. Here's how it works. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. They'll even try to get you a refund for the last couple months of wasted money and negotiate to lower your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is take a picture of your bill and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. That might sound too good to be true. I have tried it myself on multiple different monthly payments I have and it's worked, which is incredible and so much easier than getting on the phone with all these companies and trying to wrangle this yourself. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in canceled subscriptions. So cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash besties. That's rocketmoney.com slash besties rockandmoney.com slash besties okay that was a lot of talk about zelda games and what we've got a uh kind of palate cleanser here for you where we talk about more zelda games (laughs) a link between worlds versus a link to the past well that's 
This is uh, we, probably the hardest matchup in the entire yes, list. Yes, I agree. I, I, Link to the Past is, a, a, of course, a, a, a classic. And like we talked about, like the culmination of 2D game design up to that point. But fuck, Link Between Worlds was good. And it's... Man, Link Between Worlds was a good-ass game. Yeah, uh, we talked about canon a little bit. But like Link Between Worlds is, as far as I'm aware, a direct sequel to A Link to the Past. Right. Yeah, that interesting. Is set in the same world, like same right. Hyrule, same locations, but is well, a it's total low, low rule actually. Low rule, if uh, you want to be, uh... oh, well, I think it's actually both. It's Hyrule and <laughs> anyway, but it Can... is a total reimagining of like what a Zelda game could be. Can right. I make a confession to y'all? Sure, please. Uh, Link Between Confess Worlds is, is my favorite Zelda game, like hands down, huh. hands down. And I've played the vast majority of Zelda games. One Zelda game I had not played until this week is called The Link to the Past. Um, <gasps> I know, I know, I know. I just, I, I just assumed it wasn't but, but, good but, in the same way that but, Super Plant, Metroid. You do this is, for a living. I know. He had a Genesis I know. growing up. It's the best game ever made. I, I, I was a Sega Genesis kid, and here, here's the thing I will say about Link to the Past. I oh, really no. want to be like, eh, it's garbage. In the same way that I just cannot get into Super Metroid at this point, as much as I really want to. What the fuck? I know. Is <laughs> I know. But, 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 a Link to the Past is incredible. Yeah. It's incredible. Yeah. Like, yeah, I bud. mean, yeah, bud. playing through it, I was astonished at the like about just everything about it i i can't imagine i'm so i'm most sad that i didn't play it as a kid and also kind of happy that i can play it now as a grown-up with all that time passed and knowing how far video games have come because if i had played this as a kid i think it would have broken my mind and completely destroyed my expectations for video games yeah it is it's doing so many things at such a high level that nobody else was doing at that time. The sa- if I could just highlight the sound, the sound of this game is astonishing. Like it oh, is yeah. this incredible sweet spot of like before we're into Red Book MP3, like actual Samples. symphonies, yeah, re- being recorded, but above like the sort of bass MIDI of like the NES, and they're using MIDI's to recreate like symphonic sounds like the way that they're and and every sound cue in this game sounds unlike it's like it falls into like a the reverse of an uncanny valley Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. where it's like it doesn't sound real but it doesn't sound like anything you've ever heard before like it this the music the sound effect every sound cue in this just like absolutely sends me back to the sound of a sword clinking against a rock is like the hook shot sound is one of the most satisfying yeah no it's it's let's it's a masterpiece and i I think if we had done this episode like the week after link to the past came out it would have been easy to be like oh well that's just the best game that's been made so far like that's the best uh let's eulogize then link between worlds because we we mentioned that it reinvents the wheel very similarly to how breath of the wild does i feel like uh what it accomplishes is is like between the worlds ones with like where you can get the where you buy items in, yes there's oh, a you shop buy the where you stuff buy the you items right? for the yes, i think it actually the won the besties the year it came out it did it was the first it, it was the first besties i think uh you buy the items instead of having to go into dungeons and find them and so you buy an item and it basically unlocks the route you need to get to the dungeon where you you know yeah. would have earned it in any other zelda game so you spend money on that if you die you lose the item unless you spend a ton of money to kind of insure it so that you won't lose it anymore that loop alone creates a 
reward system and an economy, and I think I harped on this when the game first came out, that works so well. And it, it inspired me to seek out every treasure, yeah. every rupee, every hidden hole, everything I could to eke out just what I needed to like fully purchase the, you know, super bombs or, or whatever. Uh, that alone having that that carrot in front of you is is not something that a Zelda game I feel like had accomplished before and made it like I a hundred percent of that game because I felt like I needed to because it was so satisfying. Yeah. I I wish Breath of the Wild had borrowed more from this game. We'll talk about Breath of the Wild later. I'm probably going to be the person who dissents the most on Breath of the Wild or as it's written Imagine on our, our document the bread of the wild. Um, <laughs> very good. I, I, I really like Breath of the Wild. I, I deteriorating weapons is a huge barrier. We're not talking about fucking Breath of the Wild right now. I know, I know, but we're gonna, but it, but it relates to Link Between Worlds. Fine. What I like about Link Between Worlds is the it and Breath of the Wild are going after the same thing, which is how do we incentivize you to actually make use of the world around you, right? How do we make it so that all the knickknacks and all the distractions sure. aren't just meaningless stuff that you're doing to check off mindless boxes? And in Breath of the Wild, it's, well, stuff degrades, so you you just need to do it to survive. And in right. Link Between Worlds, it is, hey, you put in the hard work, and once you do, it'll pay off, and you'll get to like actually retain that payoff. It is a permanent yeah. reward. And that personally for me is more rewarding the 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 gimmick also of link between worlds of being able to kind of blend into the wall you can like turn yeah. into a painting that can explore that way and also the story is fucking great like it's a it's you are kind of in this war between the the dark world and the light world which you explored in link to the past but now like the stakes are higher and you learn like hey not everybody in the dark world is like a monster and so you know fighting to destroy it is maybe not the best thing to do uh, it was it was surprisingly kind of uh, emotionally complex. Um, man, that's a good. I want to go fuck. Of all the games that I'm going to oh, yeah. come off of wanting to play again after this yeah. like series, uh, Link Between Worlds, I think is the one. But I think Link to the Past. Uh, is. Link to the Past. Congratulations, my friend. Yeah, I, I guess I, so. Uh, I don't I feel great. This, like, but yeah, if we had for, to pick for the listeners, I think there's a very real chance that that would have been a final showdown had the bracket been Maybe. any different i think yeah, there's I mean, a very real chance there's a lot of good games random showdowns list. i'm right. telling you uh wind baker versus twilight princess baker <laughs> i'm trying to get as many bread puns <laughs> oh, in it. as i can okay. you did one unintentionally and i'm just going to lean in <laughs> win baker versus twilight princess so, so i'm going to talk a little bit about twilight princess real quick even though wind waker i've i absolutely adore twilight princess i think in retrospect gets a hard knock um, did anybody replay the god what was that was that wii u the hd the wii u it was on the wii u the hd remake i did not play it but i do think that that game is better than people remember it is and people sort of malign it by like oh it was the emo dark zelda but i think it has like a lot of really neat dungeon ideas upgrade ideas it, it doesn't it have that boss fight with the gear where you're flying around that on that gear yes yeah no Incredible it has a bunch of really fight. It has, I think, back to back the air, the sky dungeon where you get two hook shots. That yeah. Now you're like swinging around like uh, George of the Jungle. And then it goes into the desert temple where you fly around in the giant gear fighting the big skeleton. Yeah, there were rad ideas in yeah. Twilight Princess. It's, I think it's another structural issue, uh, for, at least for me, like having to repeat and go back to the same like forest temple over and over and over again. There were, there was just a lot of monotony in that game that I wasn't crazy about. Yeah. 
Also funny that these two games would show down against each other because Twilight Princess is a reaction to Wind Waker. Yep. When Wind Waker right. came out and it had the cell shaded art, which now I think is like almost universally loved. Yeah. At the time, there was a very divisive. People were grumpy that it was, you know, too childish and kitty and video games are for grown-ups now and how will they be art if they are not sad um they they both i think are games uh of maybe all the games we're going to talk about that have aged the best and i think that helps that they both got hd remakes and so you know you you we got a second take on on both these games and i think they are much better than than we gave them credit for but i but i would say with wind waker even without the hd remake it aged incredibly well way better than any other 3d zelda game because of the art style which was designed to scale it's like being able to play a game from 1996 and it still looks good now because it was a sprite game and sprite exactly. games still look good. But with this, it was a 3D game, but it because of the style, it was so consistent and clean. The, the fact that the ocean was just like a blue flat line with occasional like white so waves cool. in it just looks so cool. And and I like really dug the structure of just like sailing to an island and not knowing what to expect. Maybe you had like a little mini quest to uncover a treasure maybe you had like a dungeon there it was just like really interesting also maps yeah this game really good maps i I think something that people are just now realizing uh about open world design based off wind waker is big open oceans is a brilliant way to design open world games assassin's creed is finally catching on because you don't need to have all that filler like, yeah. it makes it clear that, like, this is meaningless. It's space. the ocean. What do you want? <laughs> yeah, you're, you're, right. It's, it's beautiful. You're traveling through it. And then when you do get to land, you know, like, okay, something is going to happen in this confined space. It's levels within open spaces. And I think yeah. I think that format is inspired. Also, um, uh, Wind Waker, best final boss fight. Fuck yeah. yeah. Zelda right. game. The yeah. absolute raddest yeah. and hardest and, and coolest. Yeah. Shit, that final boss fight kicks ass. That's the best, the best sort of I I am huge into speed runs and like adore them. Wind Waker is my favorite, partially because it is legendary in like uh uh developing techniques. There's like this big wall that you can't get through unless you collect all these different things. So people were like putting out huge bounties on how do we get past the wall? But the the moment, and it's in every speed run where you have to like say time and they stop the time in this game is when you bury the fucking master sword inside of Ganondorf's brain. It's like <laughs> that's him punching the button to stop the clock. It's so dope every time. Uh yeah, Windraker is great. Love it. Yeah, I think Wind Waker is going to take this without struggling too difficult. But again, you know, I think there will 100% be this Wind Waker Twilight Princess bundle happening this year. Um, I know you do. uh, uh, Wow. Yeah, I scoop the general concern. uh, uh, It's likely. (laughs) It's very, very likely, I would say probably for the fall. So that is a great opportunity. Wind Waker and Twilight Princess. Well, I mean, I guess it, it could be what, like a Zelda 3D All-Star? Well, the games are already uh, made for Wii U, so it wouldn't really require very much effort because it's already yeah, HD, and yeah. uh, the rumor has just been around forever, so I think it's going to happen this fall. The only bad news is they're going to kill Zelda in March 2022. He's- oh, no! Breath of the Wild versus Skyward Sword. Chris, do you want to just get your sort of dark business out of the way if you're going if, if to be Oh, yeah, no, I'll, I'll do that really quick. Breath of the Wild is easily the winner here. It's a fantastic game, and Skyward oh, okay. Sword is a is a cursed experience that I I wouldn't wish upon my enemies. I, a lot of great ideas. The art design in Skyward Sword that's kind of like somewhere it's pseudo pointillism, I guess at times. 
Like I, it's I like a middle know. ground between Wind Waker and Ocarina is the when, what I think of it as. It's I actually think, pretty close Skyward's to o- Ocarina uh, to Breath yeah. of the Wild, rather. It's yeah. it's a it's uh, a pretty game, um, but and and I like the idea of you swinging your we mode around and like and chopping stuff, but just in in ultimate execution does not work for me. And also the worst beginning of yeah. a Zelda game. Oh, for sure. By far. It's cute. cute. So I reviewed Skyward Sword for, I think, Joystick. I think it was like one of the last things I reviewed for Joystick uh, and had like four days <laughs> to oh, beat yeah. it. And that is a long, probably the longest Zelda game. It takes, yeah. uh, it's like JRPG length. And, um, and way overstays its welcome. Way, like, way, 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 way. Way, 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 way overstays its welcome. It is... It's so heartbreaking. Uh, first of all, they're remaking it, right? Yes. It's not remaking it. They are they are releasing it on Switch uh, in this HD whatever. Uh, and I'm very excited for that because I will be curious to see how that experience plays out without the motion controls, which were very... Uh, it had the Wii Motion Plus, which was an attachment for the Wii Remote, so that oh like God. when you moved the sword, it sort of followed your movements one-to-one. So when you swung vertically, it, the sword swung, etc. cetera. Uh, they're removing that, right, for the Switch version, yeah. and I will be curious to see how that works. But even without that, structurally, Skyward Sword had really, really incredible moments and really, really great ideas that were mired by entire chunks of the game that were terrible. Like the intro to the game... There's a lot of returning to areas you've already been, but only this time it's flooded and you have to swim through the area. And it's and that like it's so uneven, which sucks because it also has like it adds a lot of RPG mechanics that work really, really well. And there's a lot of like really cool, innovative ideas that I think Breath of the Wild wouldn't have happened without that, like seeing how that experimentation played out. Um, Super handholdy. That was the really the big thing for me is that there's a lot of like ton of dialogue, a ton of talking. I think Zelda is at its best when it really shows rather than tells. And this yeah. game does the exact opposite of that. It it feels like I'm much more picky about JRPGs than y'all are, I know. But like that slow portion of like a Dragon Quest game where it's like, you need oh, to climb the mountain. Yeah. It's your birthday. And you're a very special boy. That oh, you played the beginning like, of Dragon Quest Eleven. I see. <laughs> yeah. That is the epitome of the beginning of this game. And to see it in a Zelda game is so jarring and it just does not work. So, yeah, uh, uh, I had to restart my Dragon Quest 11 save uh, fresh. And let me tell you, it is much better when it takes literally two minutes to play through what took me 30 minutes by just get, skipping all the cutscenes. Yeah, um, I, I, I want to just reemphasize a point that Griffin made, because I think it, it is super important. The worst Zelda games are still relevant because the best Zelda games don't exist without them. Like, that is one of the cool things about this series. Even the worst games produce ideas that end up being better used in in better games. Yeah. I think also you want to talk about tone in talking about Twilight Princess. Like, that's the dark emo game. Uh, Skyward Sword is pretty fucking pitch black. Uh, The world has been destroyed by this... Uh, this this monster and the the antagonist of this game is not like it is uh, Kefka Kefka esque uh, in in its sort of like wow that guy's actually kind of fucked up uh, there there is stuff in Skyward Sword that it, I mean your your sword is sentient like there is stuff going on here that is like asks some existential questions that Zelda has been a little bit uh, afraid to ask until then but. Yeah, so I'm excited to actually replay that one, despite sort of my mixed feelings about it. Y'all, we got one more. And just uh, before, when I say one more, do we we have more of these? This is the entire first round. 
Okay. So yeah, next week we will decide the the best of these uh, these eight finalists. But uh, we have to pick the eighth finalist between the original Legend of Zelda on NES versus Spirit Tracks on DS. So that's so I want to okay. I'm gonna, let me let me <laughs> drop some uh, love for Spirit Tracks really quick. Zelda already uh, got highlighted in the Google Doc. So <laughs> and this um and this applies to Fountain of Hourglass as well. I think both games look. Really good for being handheld games. I actually like they're cell shaded. They're, they're, they're they cell shaded. They are they are the spiritual sequels to Wind Waker. Yes. So any any uh, you know louding that we can lay on <laughs> Wind Waker's design, I think you could also say to accomplish that on the <laughs> DS in the way that they did with these games is kind of, kind of great. <laughs> I just remembered something about Fresh Dick that I don't even know if you'll remember. I was sitting next to Fresh when this game was announced at GDC, and a new Zelda appeared on the screen, and a new Zelda appeared on the screen and he gasped he was like so excited and then the trailer played and the second ended he just went not even to me a fucking train <laughs> like it was like <laughs> yeah so there's a train in this game uh so imagine wind waker but instead of a boat there's a train and um the whole structure of the game is built around this idea of you're le- you're like laying down tracks for this train to follow to explore the world um uh, I, it's interesting structurally. It's like an it's a risky stru- thing. I don't. I think I might like Phantom Hourglass more. Uh, f- Spirit Spirit Tracks does not have the big hub temple that you return to f- over that's and true. over and over again. That's so true. for that, I remember enjoying Spirit Tracks more. But it's I mean it, that's like saying I enjoy being stabbed more than I enjoy being shot. It just felt like to me like after Phantom Hourglass and everything that everyone said, like just fucking have a button to swing your goddamn sword, y'all. Like just have a button. Come on, <laughs> just <laughs> we're better than this. We're better. Just have a regular button, right? Uh, but but seeing a train in cell shaded Wind Waker style was dope. And uh, Link had a little like conductor outfit that I loved. Uh, so I think Zelda was a ghost that inhabited a suit of armor that you yeah, could like. That, yes, or, that, or that may be fa- that, actually. I think that's Phantom Hourglass. Was oh. Zelda the train? I don't know. <laughs> was Zelda the train? A question we'll be asking for many years. <laughs> Uh, uh, okay, at, that's our eight. Yeah, that is I'm our eight. Looking for reviews of uh, of fucking spirit tracks on on Metacritic and man, not not man. beloved. Well, no, no. I mean, when it first came out, it's that thing that it's like the Zelda bump, like like hundreds right. and nineties. But there are a few that are like at the very bottom, like AV clubs. Like, wait, what? What are y'all doing? Like, this can't we can't <laughs> be serious here. It's a train, <laughs> guys. Quick, Quick review, Russ. Yeah, a recap uh, of the yeah. uh, of the winners. And actually, I would get very excited for part two of this uh, series because we've got Majora's Mask matching up against Ocarina of Time. We've got Minish Classic. Cap matching up against Link's Awakening. We've got wow. Link to the Past versus Wind Waker. And we've got Bread of the Wild versus the original Legend of Zelda on the NES. Those are all good matchups. Yeah, they're really good That's matchups. Good. Um, That's going to be really I'm good. I'm very psyched. Um, has anybody been playing anything else? Do we have time to talk about? I I, I wanted to mention, I've been playing uh, Bravely Default 2, which I wanted to just like really quickly talk about because I couldn't get anybody else on this podcast interested in checking it out. Um, uh, just re- it sounds very it's, boring. It's, <laughs> it has such a fucking cool. You were talking about Dragon Quest, and I've been really into JRPGs lately, just because like we all have lots of time. Uh, and I think Bravely Default has the best like RPG combat system ever made. Uh, the whole thing it has the really good like jobs and 
you know, you can combine different kind of like RPG archetypes to create your own kind of like classes and, and characters that can unlock all these different abilities that you can mix and match. And that all is great. What Bravely Default does is it lets you basically borrow turns if you need them. So you can have somebody take like four turns in a row, but then they can't act for four turns. So on top of the usual RPG of like, I need to hit this fire monster with a ice attack and all that usual bullshit. You also have to think about the timing of your moves. The combat is so fun and it's really hard. It's probably one of the harder Square Enix RPGs I've played. Um, and there is a bit of grindiness that goes into that, but I also enjoy the combat so much that the grindiness doesn't bother me. But everything else about the game's not very good, which <laughs> <Okay>. sucks. Like <laughs> all the, there's so many like like repetitive subquests and the story is nothing to write home about. Um, the character models are very strange to look at. It's It's in a better game, with like a better story and a better kind of like structure, I think this game would be a, a, a real classic because the combat and the gameplay is genuinely some of the best like RPG stuff I've played. But uh, yeah, I just it's there are so many other RPGs that have done story better and everything else better. I did just play through for the first time all the way the Dragon Quest Eleven, and I think it beats the shit out of Bravely Default and really most other Square Enix RPGs in that department. Um, so, yeah, I'm enjoying it. I'll probably finish it, but I won't like it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Justin, how about you? I kept going with, uh, I'm still still going through There Is No Game, by the way, uh, it on I, iOS. Uh, I think it's kind of sad that I didn't play it last year because I would have been making a, uh, a serious bid for it to be our... Um, <laughs> our game of the year. I just got to the pay, uh, pay to win, the, the pay to win microtransaction chapter. Oh my God. It's so funny. As you play through the game, there is no game starts off. It's like incredibly meta where like, there's no game except the game is you have to kind of solve puzzles using menu elements and other ephemera in like weird ways. And then as you progress through the game, you start f- falling through like dimensions and stuff like that that are represent different gameplay periods. So it's like, imagine a LucasArts game, except you're able to go behind the game to see like the different ropes and pulleys that are holding up the scenery uh, and like being able to reuse those elements in different ways. And then a love story develops out of nowhere. It gets weirdly like moving. There's musical numbers there. I mean, it, it is absolute every time that you think you've seen everything is going to do but what griffin's referencing there is a sort of like zelda-esque uh open world action game adventure game that you play through this section with these bizarre mechanics that involve like using the life bar to cut down a tree and crap like that uh and then you start it again, except now it's a a pay to win like clicker where you have to like click on different items in the uh, environment to like make money and stuff like that. And it has a lot of like interesting stuff to say about like pay to pay to play games uh, or free to play games or however you want to state it. Uh, it's fantastic. I, I really I can't good. recommend it enough. Uh, Fresh, how about you? No, I'm just still playing Stardew, which is incredible. I'm nearing the end of the 1.5 update content, and it's just spectacular. I couldn't recommend it more highly. Yep, same. Um, I have been uh, playing a new emulator handheld, uh, and I started playing Astro Boy Omega Factor, the GBA game. fuck yeah. Yeah. That game is amazing. It's been on my to-do list forever. For people who aren't familiar with it, which I understandably should be most people, 
This game was published by Sega, THQ, and Activision, and it was developed by Treasure, who did like oh yeah some of the best 16-bit uh, action shooty games. They did Mischief Makers. They did Gun Gunstar Gunstar Heroes. Heroes. Yep. Yeah, uh, and yeah. Also co-developed by Hitmaker, uh, which had Tetsuya Mizuguchi on their team. Oh, so, I, didn't I mean, know like that. this team is just truly bonkers. The game. We were talking about, you know, the beauty of a Game Boy Advance game. This is one of those games that you look at it and you can't believe it is an actual video game. Like, it it looks like a what would be like a music video using pixel art um, today more than like an actual playable video game. Um, And it's the combat is inspired. It it it, it feels big despite being trapped in a very confined space of a GBA screen. Um, mm-hmm. I, I really cannot recommend y'all digging it up enough because it, it is special um, and and definitely worth your time. Yep. Uh, so, Nick, I mean, we know what we're doing next week, right? Hell yeah. Do we want to save reader reader thoughts about Zelda games until we uh, have conquered the, the mountain, so to speak? Yeah, I think that makes the most yeah. sense. Sounds good. I don't want to be biased. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, thank you so much for listening to the besties. Uh, we've been so excited to have you here. Please leave us a rating or review on the podcast platform of your choice. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at the besties pod. There's also a link to our mailing list there. If you want to sign up for that, uh, anything I'm forgetting gang. Oh, sorry. There is one more thing. Uh, (laughs) folks made a folks, (laughs) folks made our subreddit for the besties. Uh, I forget the subreddit's name, but if you search the besties podcast, I'm sure it'll come up under Reddit. Uh, thank you to the fans of uh, the besties on Reddit. We love you. Looks yeah, like don't say we anything, made uh, it. Don't say anything mean about us. Please, please, there. no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we will be reading it. Wink. Uh, thanks so much for listening to the besties. Be sure to join us again next time for the besties. Because shouldn't the world's best friends pick the world's best games? Besties!